Now on Sports Talk, it's SC Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's SC Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. And with Major Downer's blessings, I can give you the last two names that Presbyterian signed. I was trying to get through it. They had 33 signees. I was whipping through the list. The last two, E.J. Yeoman Jr. from Miami, a defensive back, and defensive back Chapel Young from Alpharetta, Georgia. All right, there you go. Wrapping up the signings that we have today as we welcome in Major Billy Downer to Sports Talk in just a moment. Another edition of SC Wild for you. Of course, Major Downer being a, a Citadel man, he'll be very happy to know that the Citadel did a very nice job, it looks like, with their recruiting. And they have to be excited about Jonathan Bennett from Somerville coming back home and transferring from Liberty, giving them a veteran quarterback who might be able to come in and improve their play there. Uh, quite a bit from what they've had. That seems to be an area they've got to pick up quite a bit. And the uh, Bulldogs signed players really from all over the country as we went through their list just a little while ago. As far west here, I think, as uh, well, there's one in Nebraska and one in St. Louis. So as we welcome Major Downer, a man of the Citadel, it just seems like people all over the country want to matriculate to the Citadel along the, uh, the banks of the Wando River. No, it's not the Wando, the uh, the Ashley. I'm sorry, the banks of the Ashley. That would be the Ashley. That's correct. Yeah, got my river. Got my river. Got my rivers wrong. During your days at the Citadel, how many times did you go uh, out into the Ashley River there, like on a boat or something? Um, uh, actually, a couple, a bunch of times with uh, classmates that uh, we had. You know, the boat club there. We had little little whalers. We could go out in the water and enjoy uh, water sports, skiing. Uh, back then it was just kneeboarding. We didn't have a whole lot of fancy stuff, but skiing and kneeboarding, and it was uh, we had fun doing that. So I didn't do it a whole lot, but we did do it a good bit. I mean, I did do it enough to say I, I went on the ass or something. <laughs> well, I mean, you're at a school where on one side you got a big old wall, and on the other side you got a river, so you're kind of like stuck in the middle there. Yeah, in prison, as we say. Well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to go that far. <laughs> and then don't forget all the times it floods down there too. And then uh, the Citadel Beach yeah. House as well. I'm sure had a. You I'm know, sure Major had a few good times there too. To be honest with you, Major, the the only other place in South Carolina I can remember that was had a, a wall on one side and a river on the other was CCI. So, uh, I don't well, know if you want to compare and, and let me make, to, a, let me make <laughs> a comment about the beach house since he thinks I got to see that. I did not get to enjoy the beach house because Hugo wiped it out. Oh. I got there. I got to enjoy it for maybe three or four hours the day that the upperclassmen came back hmm. and they would take us out there and we got a little, a little break while the upperclassmen moved in. Then you move back in and there's a thousand people you don't know asking you their name and you have no idea who they are. Um, but yeah, I got to enjoy the beach house for about three hours. And then you know, after that, it was gone we, for the rest of my career. Well, we did. You know, they rebuilt it. They rebuilt it over there, um, out at the uh, out across from um, Wild Dunes, right out out in Olive Palms. Right. They right. Re, they rebuilt right. it, and we did a lot of shows there back when they would have this um, this this event. They would have this golf event. Uh, 
for the Brigadier Club. I think it's called the Brigadier Club, and they would have this golf event. Yep. And we, we for like 20 years, we played in that thing, and then we would go do the show from the beach house. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite shows of the year, because we would sit on the back porch, which, of course, faces the ocean. We'd sit on the back porch. We'd have guests back there. On the there, Isle of Palms. On the Isle of oh, Palms, yeah. and watch the boats, watch the big freighters and the tankers and everything going into Charleston Harbor go by. It, it is a... It's an incredible view back there. Incredible view. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Kind of like the view in Las Vegas. How was that? Hey, yeah, that was a uh, it was a fun trip. I mean, people go to Vegas for a lot different things than I went for, but uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't. I did not enjoy any of those uh, extracurricular activities at all. Yeah. I did try. I will say this. I admit. I sat at the craps table and I threw some dice, Ooh. and I can tell you, uh, Vegas won. Yeah. I didn't win, so um, I lost a total of forty-three bucks. That's my claim. <laughs> what did you sell? I learned. I learned. I, I learned real quick. It's not about. I thought it was the guy that throws the dice. Nah, not so much. Four rolls and I rolled a seven, so I was out. Um, it, it took me a while to learn that, that game. And a friend of mine loves to go out there and loves that game. Just. It's fascinating, but no, not for me. Well, did you set like a personal limit of like $20, but then you kept losing, you kept losing, and you got to 40 and you said, I, I'm really well, out of here well, now. Well, huh? first of all, I, the whole story, take, you have to, I was at a $15 table, that's in the morning. On the way to the shot show, I stopped. And a $15 table, so I said, I'll put $30 down, I'll try twice. Uh-huh. Well, as soon as I put my money down, they gave the dice to the guy next to me. And I didn't even get to roll, so I'm like, well, dang it, I'm going to roll. I'm at least going to bet one time on myself. So I did. I lost both of that. And then uh, one of our, uh, one of the other guys there, uh, he was much better at it. And I actually won like $14 back with him. But Amazing. I was down 43 when I quit. So anyway, See, yeah. It's, it's people like There's you. There's a reason why Vegas yeah. is still there. It's, a, it's people like you and me that make sure that uh, Vegas has the lights on 24 hours a day. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely correct. Now, why were you out but, there? Yeah, we were there. We were there last, We were there for the 2024 SHOT Show, S-H-O-T SHOT Show. It's kind of a colloquial name for it. The National Shooting Sports Foundation puts us on every year. And basically, it is everything, firearms, uh, you know, hunting, uh, outdoor related. It is everything. Uh, mostly around firearms as far as, you know, all of your company, your big companies you know, are, are putting out their their newest and their best product. That's when they bring them out. Ammunition uh, manufacturers are also there with ammunition. Uh, just talking about different ammunition. Of course, you know, in the last probably, I guess, 20 years, the AR platform is the big deal. You know, 20 years ago, a couple, people, a couple pump companies were out there pumping out rail systems for these, you know, basically hand handle areas for these guns. And then now you've got all these companies making AR platforms because they're so popular for target shooting. And even in the sporting community, there's some, uh, there's an interest to that now as well, particularly night hunting hogs and things. But, um, and there's so many varieties in the caliber. 223 was the common caliber, you know, a 5.56 five, or a 223, same thing. Uh, 556 five, millimeter, 223, the military round. Uh, basically, not, of course, armor piercing, but regular, you know, a lead, uh, copper-coated lead round. But um, now they make them, 
you know, AR-10 platform, which is like a 30 caliber platform. They make them in 308. They make them in uh, 6.5 uh, different platforms across the board. So they make them in several sporting platforms um, that can be used for hunting deer as well or, or other game. Uh, but anyway, it was it's it's more than just firearms. It's a lot about firearms. There's a lot about ammunition. Uh, the industry there, Glock is there. Uh, your big names, any big name you think of, Winchester, Browning. Um, you know, Remington's almost dead. You hardly ever see Remington anymore. But Browning, uh, you know, Leopold, Scopes, uh, Zeiss, Swarovski, all these big names, they're all there. All the, the companies that make the things that we love to go outdoors and hunt, shoot, target shoot, hunting, whatever, um, all those companies are there. Mossy Oaks there, Real Trees there, with all their new camo patterns and different things they're coming out with. Clothing manufacturers are there for sporting clothing, uh, law enforcement clothing, uh, a variety, uh, military clothing as well. Um, you know, everybody's walking around looking at big guns and big, you yeah. know, fun bullets and different things. But uh, you know, why were we there is really a question I want to answer. You know, why, why was I there? I wasn't there to, to gawk around at a bunch of 50 caliber guns. That wasn't what we were there for. Uh, but so my training staff and I went out there, a uh, small group, and we wanted to go uh, talk to the companies uh, in our wildlife section. Uh, uh, one of my friends in the wildlife section was there with us also. We were there to thank companies from South Carolina for what they do for us. And again, to, to talk for a moment real quick about what that means is all these firearms and ammunition companies that are in South Carolina, uh, Palmetto State Armory, um, FN Hersall, FN right here in Columbia, huge um, manufacturer of AR platforms for the military. Uh, per, you know they also do private, uh, probably own ARs as well, but huge military uh, manufacturer. And you got Palmetto State Armory, everybody's heard of, and how they hit the, the market so hard, particularly in online sales and things. Mm -hmm. uh, these two companies really they have to pay excise taxes to the federal government. Those taxes go directly into what's called the, what used to be called the Pittman-Robertson Act or the Wildlife Restoration Act. Again, back from the 40s to today, it provides federal funds to do wildlife conservation efforts to you know, provide for our WMAs, areas where we can public, uh, for public hunting opportunity, hunting education courses that we provide, um, as well as free, you know, free hunter education courses in person. Uh, it also provides for our shooting ranges in the state that we build that are cost absolutely zero to go shoot at unless you're shooting targets for shotguns. So we ask you to pay a minimal fee, you know, for targets. Uh, but as far as it, it is a huge funding source for our wildlife section, uh, for our waterfowl impoundments, for our hunting programs, you know, across the state, all of our WMA lands, a huge part of that uh, into the millions of dollars each year provided through Pittman Robinson Wildlife Restoration Funds to our department specifically for those things, wildlife restoration, um, public hunting opportunity, hunter education, and public shooting opportunity as well. So it's a huge thing, and we have a lot of companies in the state that, like I said, you've heard of, but then smaller companies you may not even have heard of. Or, you know, some of the newer companies out there, Migra is out there making um, waterfowl shells, and probably some people are starting to hear about them, but they were out of Charleston, relatively new right here in South Carolina. Um, a lot of uh, companies that make uh, parts for rifles, AR platforms, uh, they make uh, what, you know, everybody talks about silencers today. You know, that's a big deal in the movies. Everybody wants to see a, a, a gun go off and hear 
use real slight noise and all that, which is not real for the most part. Most guns are going to have a, a clap sound at least, uh, but uh, it greatly reduces the recoil and the noise, of course. Uh, so everybody's heard of a silencer, so, so to speak, or uh, what was known as a can. Um, but um, those several of those companies in our state that make those, and they pay excise tax as well. So just going and visiting those companies, uh, thanking them for what they do. Um, uh, you know, for us, again, everybody's going to pay the taxes. Yeah, that's true. But it's nice once in a while to put your hand in their hand and say, thank you. I know you have to pay these taxes. We want to let you know how much we appreciate uh, what you give to that because of what it allows us to do for the public here in South Carolina. Uh, so that was a part of what we were there for. Of course, we were there also to talk to Glock, to talk to um, Safari Land and the, the providers of some of our major ammunition, uh, firearms, uh, law enforcement uh, type wear, looking at new ballistic vests and things, uh, the, the state of the art where they're changing ballistic vests now, and they're able to take that old Kevlar that we've all worn as heavy, and they're now compacting it and making it thinner, lighter, more user-friendly so that officers are encouraged to wear it, uh, and which is an officer safety thing there, because if you want to wear it, then you're going to want, if, if it's lighter, you're going to want to wear it. And that's a big deal uh, because a lot of people, you know, it's just heavy, hot. And the type work that we do a lot of times, um, we have not always worn vests, except at night maybe. So we're trying to encourage more vest wear and look at that in the future, uh, particularly in the, in the realm of things that our officers are getting involved in, working details across the state alongside SLED, uh, probation, parole, pardon, uh, working for sheriff's offices, answering calls. Uh, the things that our officers traditionally didn't do 20 years ago when I started, uh, 25, 26 years ago, but now we do as a regular basis. We're called in to assist local agencies uh, with SLED, Highway Patrol, and, and we're sometimes even riding, answering calls in a county, as odd as that may sound for a game warden, but that's what we do. Uh, so trying to prepare officers for that, looking at ballistic vests and things to keep them safe. But again, the SHOT Show is that coming out party for the year of all the the greatest, the newest, the coolest gear, and, and that's what it's there for. So we were there to do that. Um, had a lot of fun. I mean, it is literally thousands upon thousands of square feet of vendors. And we were there for three days, and I didn't see all of it. Hmm. And I walked the floor most of the time. Um, and you still couldn't see everything. I, I visited PSA a good bit. I went and looked. You know, we went to Smith & Wesson. We went to all the big the big names you've heard of, um, and but you know, it's so spread out across Vegas in that convention center, which, like I said, is, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of square feet it is, but it's huge, uh, in different levels and, and visiting people. But it, it's a really cool show. If you like the, out, if you like the outdoors, firearms, um, ammunition, if you're into that, the SHOT Show is kind of your cool place to be. It is so busy, so many people there. But, again, it's the industry's place where mostly big deals are being made a lot of times. Uh, so it's not like for just the regular public just go out there and go look at things. Although there are people there that are members of NSSF or just a regular member of the National Shooting Sports Foundation that walk around. Uh, but a lot of it is mostly vendors uh, and people that are buying. They're looking to buy lots of firearms or ammunition for the next year to sell in the stores. So it's a big show in, in that regard. And you also see a big complement of law enforcement agencies there, again, talking to the different vendors about what's the latest and greatest for next year uh, to add to their repertoire, so to speak. Let me uh, ask you that question. That, that brings up a question in my mind. Uh, this is uh, S.C. Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer. 
Speaking of law enforcement agencies, where do they get their ammunition? Do they do they have a a private uh, a private com- private companies they deal with, or do they deal with uh, companies out in the public that you and I could go and and purchase things from? Absolutely, that's a good question. Uh, so local agencies do what local agencies are. They don't have necessarily state contracts. Uh, when you work for the state. Uh, we have what they call statewide contracts that get a pricing for buying items in bulk. So we buy basically from a wholesaler and get ammunition uh, and things at a bulk discount uh, based on a state rate and a contract that it goes out every so many years. You put that out on contract and you put the specifications for what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and those items get put on that contract, firearms, that kind of thing as well. Uh, and you know it. One of the things I will mention, I'll brag about one of our guys here at, at, at DNR. Uh, one of our, my first sergeant in our training section, um, really put together a really cool uh, package in the last three years. It's been going now for about three years, uh, but he put together a the new model Glock with Aimpoint and um, Safari Land and worked with those three companies from literally Glock, which is a German company, uh, Aimpoint here, and then Safari Land to put the, which is the holster, and put a brand new package together that had never been done. Uh, our DNR officers were the first to get uh, that new Glock with an Aimpoint sight, hmm. which is a red dot sight, uh, and a holster that would accommodate all of that. Now, red dot sights are a whole new thing in law enforcement, um, and people might ask, why are you doing that? Why do you need to do that? Well, Today's young people that we are grabbing, they are kids that have played Call of Duty or whatever else you want to call them, a computer, and they're used to red dot sights. And training is so much easier now with a young person Hmm. with a red dot sight, believe it or not. Uh, Transition time is a lot faster, uh, and it's just, it it changes the shooting world. It's changed the shooting world for us. And now we were one of the first agencies in the country to do this. And now we're leading the way. Other agencies across the country are doing the same thing. So Glock was really proud about that. Uh, Aimpoint as well, uh, Safari Land, they were all proud of putting that package together because it was really cool. And now it's where every agency in the country is going. Um, Again, it's just about training and and, and officer safety. Again, being able to pick up that site quickly. If you're in trouble, site, you know, picking that site up, on the target is, is, is target acquisition, as they say, is very important with officer safety, and that red dot really helps you if it's in low light or in daylight, doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, again, training-wise, uh, our, going to a 9mm from a forty caliber, recoil-wise, we saw we're gonna, you're going to see uh, improvement in scores because the, the round of the 9mm does not have the recoil that your forty cal does. They've made some, so much improvements in 9mm now. The 9mm has really good hit as far as its impact is really good. Uh, but when you put that together with the aim point, uh, with that red dot sight, acquisition, target acquisition comes up, accuracy goes up, and people that we saw that were struggling shooting every year, their scores change dramatically. And so our passing rates and ability to get tar- you know, officers trained every year it goes up, and it's been a really good thing, so really neat. But, again, SHOT Show is really cool, a lot of cool things there. I got to see a lot of, uh, of really uh, talk to some of the big manufacturers again, talk to our local folks around that do stuff for us uh, here in South Carolina and thank them as well. 
Uh, it was a good three-day trip as far as uh, on the floor. Um, even got to go see Hoover Dam, which is another really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, took a side trip there to see Hoover Dam. Just amazing to see what man could do, you know, uh, 90 years ago. Yeah. 31 to 34, they built that huge dam. But uh, anyway, again, it was a great trip. I was very blessed to be able to go. Uh, made a lot of good contacts there. And, uh, again, it, it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime for folks. If you've never been to the SHOT Show, it's worth going. You know, again, don't expect to leave Vegas as a winner because everybody <laughs> does it. Otherwise, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be there. It'd be close. And you got out of town <laughs> ahead of the, the Super Bowl blitz. Uh, one more question for you. Uh, we got about two and a half minutes. Why is the state of South Carolina such a hot spot for uh, ammunition uh, development, you know, uh, companies that make yeah, ammunition? Why are we such a hot a, spot for that? that? That's a great question. I don't know that I have all the right answers. I wish I had a really cool answer to tell you. Yeah. Uh, we're, very, we're very blessed as a state to have FN here in Columbia, uh, which is a very fine – uh, fine company and makes a very nice AR platform. Military, uh, they make a, a lot for the military there. Mm-hmm. Uh, PSA, you know, just grew out of a literally grew out of a, some veterans that grew out of a back of a garage, and now they're one of the largest sellers of firearms, particularly on the internet, uh, in the country. Um, but they have ammunition. They've developed an ammunition p- uh, plant here in Columbia. So they're adding to the economy that way as far as providing jobs. Um, they are determined to – they're even going to have their own primer facility, which was really cool. I think we talked about that a couple months ago when I visited that facility. But, you know, there's only like five primer facilities in the country. And two or three years ago when, when um, firearm – excuse me, ammunition prices went through the roof, it was because of the lack of primers because every piece of ammunition has to have a primer. To start that ignition, your firing pin hits the primer, the primer pops, ignites the ammunition, and then it goes. Hmm. But the primer factories had shut down somewhat, and it artificially raised the price of ammunition. It's crazy. Uh, so they were determined to create their own primer facility in Lexington County, and they're doing that, which is going to be really cool um, uh, to help prevent that in the future. And, again, they'll provide primers for their own ammunition. Uh, and that's the time out of State Army uh, doing that here in South Carolina. So really cool. Again, you know, why migrants in Charleston, why those things end up here, it's interesting to me. I don't know, but uh, we're very lucky to have some really cool companies here in the state. Yeah. No doubt about it. I was thinking maybe having Fort Jackson here might have something to do with it too, right? Sure, it might. Uh, certainly a military presence here. We you know, have an Air Force, Saw Air Force Base, the Army Base there. We've got Fort Jackson training facility. You've got all the uh, you know, you got McIntyre, mm-hmm. Air National Guard Base. So, uh, again, a good military presence in this state. We're a very patriotic state, uh, so it's a great place to be. You know, nothing's better than living in South Carolina, probably, for for all of us that live here, we say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, you've got the mountains, you've got the coastline, you've got a lot of opportunity in Charleston for shipping, so that probably has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, so, a lot of cool things going for us. But, again, it was uh, very nice to see, see all the good, cool stuff out there. But, again, just... A reminder that you know when you go hunting in South Carolina and you go on one of these public on any of our public lands or you go to one of our public ranges, the money you spend on firearms and ammunition that goes back to help provide for you. The companies that make that ammunition, the companies that make those firearms, they pay taxes that go toward our, our federal Pitt and Robertson or wildlife restoration dollars that give us those dollars to provide the areas for you to hunt, 
provide the areas for us to go shoot. Uh, and it's a good reminder for us to know that, that it's great to have these companies that are willing to pay that excise tax. And that system that was set up, you know, in the 40s is still working today to provide us with a public areas to hunt, hunter education classes, public shooting opportunity. Those are big three things for us as sportsmen. So we're very proud of that. Again, we thank those companies in this state that provide that excise tax for us as well. Major Downer, great stuff. Look forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks, and uh, happy Valentine's Day a week in advance. Thank you so much. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Major Billy Downer from DNR with us here on Sports Talk. That's going to do it. We appreciate you being with us tonight. Hope you've had a great day. You'll have a great night, and you'll be back with us tomorrow here on Sports Talk. Thank you, Pat, and see you tomorrow.